0: Hello and welcome to In The Know. This is the podcast where we talk about all things property. My name is Dominika Bartor and I'm a buyer's advocate with Henderson Advocacy. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to keeping you in the know. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a very busy woman, so I really appreciate
1: it. No problems
0: at all. So for the purpose of today, I'd love to get a little bit of context in terms of your runway to real estate, so to speak. I know you've got a fascinating story from what I've been you know, following over the past few years. So I'd love to get an understanding in terms of your background before the Kathy Baker that is in real estate.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I, I was a chef in the UK from the age of 15. I looked after the likes of Lady Diana and, um, was offered a job on the qe2 to go sail around the world um cooking for people but um um i decided to take a two-year break um at that point and travel the world and i arrived in australia to see my sister who was here and just fell in love with the place and decided not to leave <laughs> um, so I, I i walked um i started off in in australia with a job in human resources um, for a company called Thorne EMI and um, was the state manager for um, for that company. And then from there, um, when I decided to have children, um, I moved into um, qualifying myself as an interior designer, and I had a successful interior design business while my children were little. Um, my husband has a, a, a building business, so the two things worked hand in hand, and. Um, you know, that was something of a passion for me while the kids were little. And then from there, um, age 40, I went into real estate. And so I've had my, I've been in real estate for just over 12 years, but I've had my bell business for just over seven. Wow. And I've now sort of expanded that into five different businesses and a team of 35 across the Central Coast.
0: Incredible. And I was watching your, your discussion at ARIC the other year and a couple of other interviews. I know that you mentioned, I believe, particularly a hospitality job. There was a little bit of experience, I guess, that was slightly negative that sounds like has shaped your approach to you know your journey so far in terms of customers. Do you want to tell me a little bit more around some of the experiences you went through before that maybe have shaped the way that you interact with customers today?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I um I walked into a kitchen aged 15 and left home to live in the restaurant where I was working. Um, and that was a very volatile environment with, you know, egotistical chefs that were bad tempered and perfectionists. Um, so that de- demanded the highest of standards from me, um, but also ignited my passion for customer service and for not delivering anything that wasn't 100% perfect or as close to it as I could get. Um, So that established my love for exceeding expectations, being able to lift my personal standards to a high level, which is how I ended up cooking for the royal family. Um, And from there, my passion for everything else I've done has been around creating something of high quality with a service that is, you know, focused at the heart of really looking after people in the right way and being able to deliver a long-term service plan rather than just a transactional sale.
0: Absolutely and it definitely goes to show you've won multiple awards you know not just for the business but in terms of the recognition that you put the clients first every time and I think it's just being someone new in the industry and fairly young I think you're definitely someone that I look up to and admire in terms of not just looking at it from a transactional perspective, but in terms of that lifetime support that you've provided to your customers.
1: Yeah, thank you. That's really lovely to hear. I'm, I suppose my, my main aim for this next five years of my journey is to reverse engineer the real estate business to be able to have it perceived as being a trusted industry where clients are looked after for a lifetime rather than Just a transaction and I've made a deliberate effort to, um, you know, hire people from service backgrounds rather than from real estate backgrounds in my business to live and breathe that whole philosophy and um, to be able to lead by example in that way, in the way that I run all my businesses and, um, you know, in in the way that everything is done from a customer-centric point of view.
0: Absolutely. And I, I read somewhere, I believe you handpicked all of your team yourself. Is that right?
1: I have. Yeah. I'm based on, you know, the culture of my business is the first and foremost thing that I, you know, work on and then pe- how people fit that, how they, you know, their attitude and passion for working hard <laughs> and looking at, you know, selecting people that are willing to, to learn real estate, but are passionate about serving people. So that they're they're my key ingredients and, you know, so I've had people from airlines, from hospitality backgrounds, from hotels, all sorts of different industries that have, you know, become very successful in my business um, because I consider them to be lifestyle advisors as opposed to being real estate agents because I think that we, if we're doing the job well, we do a lot more than just selling a house We actually look at, you know, the people's journey for the next five years and look at how we can add value um, as part of that, and and that's something that each of my employees are tuned into, and also they're all infused in the communities that they serve and give back actively to to the community that they work in.
0: I love that, lifestyle advisors. I haven't heard that before.
1: No, I I think (laughs) I just created that one.
0: Yeah, it's very easy coin and, and run with it. So in terms of the, the community aspect, for one, I know you've started multiple charities and multiple things going on in, in the various communities. So how did that all come about? Was that from the start of the journey something that you set out to do or did that naturally evolve as you became a household name within the Central Coast community?
1: Look, um, two things that we've managed to achieve in the community that have been amazing is setting up the men's shed Um, So both in Kilcare and Copacabana, we've been able to fundraise within the community and put together a men's shed committee and then raise enough money to establish a men's shed in both of those areas, which is really important for the mental health of a lot of men. Um, Particularly, there's a lot of men that retire at a young age and they don't have a lot of friends around them and a lot of interests. And that's been something that you know has attracted a lot of people. Um, and it is also a great way of us being able to use the men's shed to create and design pieces, um, for de- various different other pieces uh, parts of the community, at uh, the school, and um, you know, ma- mainly other fundraising initiatives as well.
0: Incredible, and I know you did some work during COVID delivering meals to people in need as well, which I think is just outstanding thank you yeah so in terms of the community aspect as well you mentioned that your team is heavily involved it's not just yourself kind of leading from the front but it's across all levels of the business
1: something that um i'm i'm very adamant about when i'm employing people is that if they're going to work within a community that they do have a focus of giving back so simone and her team work on doing meditation and health and well-being and also part of the school community. Baraka helps behind the bar at the Masters Surf Club and organises the Five Lands Walk. Um, Ben's the vice president of the North Avoca Surf Club. And so they, they all have some sort of um, focus within their own local communities. But also it, it, it helps build trust because it helps people, people see that they're not just there to take and they're not just there to... You know sell the house but they're also there to be an integral part of of that community and they should be the go-to person as far as a trusted advisor for referrals to trades or um you know just general information around everything to do with that community.
0: Absolutely and I know that there's the entire focus around the Central Coast and surrounds how did you find your way into that part of, of New South Wales? Has it always been goal or did you start elsewhere and then work your way down?
1: Um, I lived in Sydney when we first got married and my husband had bought a block of land up in King Cumber when he was 19 so it was an obvious thing to build our first home there.
0: Right and you've obviously loved it because you've stayed ever since.
1: Yeah I've been here 33 years now so um, yeah it's an area that I really resonated with and um, the Kilcare Peninsula took my heart straight away and yeah, I'll, I'll never move out of that place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was it that drew you specifically to the area?
1: I think because I'd um, grown up in a fishing village in the Yorkshire Dales, the, the isolation and the community was something that just really drew me in. And it's just so naturally beautiful, but also so relaxed and peaceful and just, you know, has such a wonderful heart and, and sense of community.
0: Absolutely. And one of the questions I had for you, I know that community is massive in terms of the Central Coast and various other pockets, obviously, around Sydney, but there's just something different around the coast and the way the community interacts. Have you found since the lockdowns in Sydney and, and obviously the migration patterns kind of moving up and down, has that had an impact on the local community? Um, I think it
1: has. I think we've had to work really hard during covid Um we delivered 753 meals to people that weren't able to get out of their homes, that were in isolation. Um, also, keeping people's mental health um, up was a big factor. So we did a lot of things from having the bush, local bush poet on video to um, webinars and seminars on mental health to how to how people could help themselves to health and fitness to music, um, everything that we possibly could to be proactive in keeping the, the community together and also you know each each person helping the person that needed help and and everybody pulling together
0: yeah I think it's incredible and the approach that yourself and your team have taken it's it's all encompassing it's not just here are the keys and that's the end of the story which I think is just incredible and something that the industry as a whole needs to work towards because from what I found and there's everyone does business differently obviously but the approach that you take is just not one person it's the whole family it's not the family it's all of their friends and it's not just the friends but it's that entire street so i yeah I'm, i'm very into the approach you've taken and i think it's very admirable
1: thank you darling i really appreciate it
0: and i'd love to know obviously not being a central coast local i know that there's various pockets that are lakeside beach front and obviously with that comes various demographics whether it's families or you know, professionals closer to the city. What would you say in terms of the demographics are for say somewhere like Kingcumber or, or Kilcare?
1: So Kingcumber is very much young families, mainly from uh, the Northern beaches, the Hills districts, uh, the two key areas where that they come from. All the beach suburbs pretty much from Blue Bay through to Pill Beach that hug the coast, are very high um, density of holiday homeowners from Sydney. Mm -hmm. Um, So in Kilcare, for example, 85% of the people that own properties there are Sydney holiday home buyers. Wow. And and the same with Matmasters and Pearl Beach um, and most of those areas. Um, Some of the areas like North Lavoca has a a sort of a bigger mix of people that reside there as well as people that have holiday homes there. Um, Kilcare, most of the demographic comes from Mossman, Lower North Shore and Eastern Suburbs. Um, and that would be the same with, with Pearl Beach too. Matt Masters, it's much more the, the North Shore. Um, and, yeah, like I say, through King Cumber, we're seeing a lot of 1st home buyers that are moving out for the northern beaches and lots of young families that are looking for lifestyle that are, are moving north to the central coast. Um, and that's, you know, common with a lot of the other areas like the acreages coming for... Um, You know the schools and the lifestyle, but being able to still commute back to Sydney. I think with the North Connects shortening the travel time and also people having more flexibility around their working from home, it's seen people look to move further north and look to have that dual lifestyle.
0: Yeah, definitely. And the work from home aspect is something else I wanted to ask you about. What it is that people are searching for in the property in terms of you know additional inspiration to have in one room while they're working or looking for things like acreages to get them on the quad bikes or or whatnot yep. how do you notice
1: that change um a home office has become an essential part of every home and then um you know I think that most people are looking for generous spaces for sure yeah I think I think home space has become really important and having a bigger space a bigger home where We've seen a lot of people transitioning to the Sydney apartment becoming the weekender and Mm the house on the coast being the midweek home. Um, And so especially with a double income, no kids, um, they've all got houses on the coast that they would work at, say, maybe four days a week and then live in the apartment in Sydney three days a week, which means that, you know, they become a local on the coast as well as in Sydney but can live the best of both lives, which is, I think, where – um, a lot of people are rethinking the way that they live and looking at multiple um, properties across a wider area. Like I'm dealing with a lot of people that have now got a weekender down in the snow, one up on the north coast, one in the central yeah. coast and one in Sydney, and they spend their time split between the four because they've got the luxury with their, their work to be able to do so.
0: It's incredible, isn't it? In terms of the – it's it feels like a reverse shift in terms of the weekender becoming – you know, yeah. the, and the place and then Sydney and the apartment becoming kind
1: of. It, it does, but it's really lovely to see people valuing their lifestyle and time with family again, because I think there was a lot of people that just became workaholics and, you know, they'd come up really burnt out on a on a Friday night and go back on a Saturday. Not, not much better, whereas now we can see that they're actually sort of valuing their time and planning their weeks and really scheduling time off, um, which is something that's so required in order for you to perform at your best. You really need to have that structure around free time as well as work time and you need to be really disciplined about that And, and that's something that I'm seeing more and more of with people coming up to the coast, especially the weekenders, that they really have got that down pat now.
0: Absolutely. And is that something that you implement yourself? You're obviously 200% all the time. So
1: I'd love to know. Hence hence why you're talking to me down in Mossman this morning (laughs) on a Monday morning. Yeah. So um, I I do. I I work hard for 10 weeks and then I take two weeks off at least. Um, I have a farm in Byron Bay um, and I've got a son in London. So the first thing I do at the beginning of a calendar year and the end of financial year is to plan my holidays first before I do anything else. And they're booked by the 5th of January and set in stone so they can't be changed, Um, (laughs) which, which just means, you know, that I get to live the lifestyle, but I also work my clients around those times so I don't take people on board to sell their house, obviously, while I'm away, but I can certainly introduce one of my team members to help look after them if they want to come to market while I'm away. Um, but that gives me a really clear sense of not burning out and really making sure that I I'll apply enough time to my, my family um, and my friends and myself and value myself in that way rather than just, you know, um, working for the sake of working. Um, because yeah. I feel that when I get quality time off on, the, on that two weeks after I've worked hard for 10 weeks, then I get lots of creative thought process and I'm able to look at a more strategic place for my business and put better plans in place and also you know, really just you know, value myself and become the best that I can be um, to my team as a coach and as a mentor to other people within the industry um, and also as a leader of the five businesses that I run.
0: Absolutely and I think that's the key and it's something we approach at Henderson as well as we take the weekends or certain breaks throughout the quarter every few weeks to make sure that we're constantly running at 100-200% because to your point, firstly mental health I think is is a massive discussion that everyone needs to have despite the industries and making sure you look after yourself first means you can look after clients the best as well.
1: I think that, that to me that includes and something I do with my team is I do a vision board and a life plan with everybody within my team and I, we live and breathe by, you know, um, 10, 15s, 25s and 100s which are sort of implementing things into your day, um, week, month and year to ensure that you build in those rewards, that time out and so that you can make every day a 10 out of 10 day.
0: Absolutely. You'll see my Zoom background as well. It's like my my vision board reminder because it's what I'm working towards too. So it's constantly in the subconscious at the back to help you work yeah. hard for it.
1: And it's, it's amazing as soon as you've got that clear vision in front of yourself for the next decade. I've always lived by 10-year vision boards. So all of my journey has revolved around me having the clarity of knowing what the next 10 years looks like for me. And then in a way it almost takes you there because the only thing that you focus on is attracting those things that are in line with that journey and you set the direction for yourself and you just follow the path. But in order to do that, you need to sort of be, you know, aware about what your purpose is, what you're trying to achieve and then, you know, taking the actions of what does that involve to get there. And that's, you know, a really um, strong discipline of mine is to just stay, stay true to that, that vision and to, to make it happen.
0: Stay focused. What does the next 10 years look like for yourself? What's on the, the, next ten,
1: the, the next 10 years for me sees me becoming a grandma and being able to sort of, you know, work at a more strategic level within my business. So I'm still heavily involved and I'm still leading from the front, but I'm pretty much working for my VIP clients, of which I've now got over 3,000. Wow. And so, so I'm not, um, and I, I'm basically the coach and leader of my team and you know hitting some big goals as far as growing the business and allowing other people within my team to come and have an equity and profit share of it so that they can continue the business once I decide to stop Um, but yeah lots of exciting things sort of spending my life between Europe and Byron Bay and lots of trips education and you know lots of lots of things to tick off my bucket list
0: definitely it sounds like family and and making sure everybody has an equal part in it is the first priority and the business kind of flows on as a as a by result of that
1: yeah that's the extended family
0: <laughs> awesome well thank you so much kathy i think My I pleasure going. a lot out of it i'm conscious that you're um very busy woman so i really appreciate the time taken i've learned a My lot pleasure. Uh,
1: no problems darling speak soon
0: this is general advice and does not take into account your objective situations or needs. You should consider if this advice is suitable to you and your circumstances. Please read any applicable
1: PDS beforehand. Thank you for listening to the podcast.